about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 296 That's 296, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined at Molyneux before the ladies play tonight with Mr. Liam Keane. What's going on? <laughs> You've, you sound a little bit hoarse, my friend. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit hoarse. I'm a little bit hoarse. We've had a, we've had a, a few events that have gone on over the last week. Um, I guess it started. Well, we, we recorded, didn't we? In, uh, in beautiful Cyprus for Mr. Luke Hatfield's wedding. That was lovely. Lovely to see him there. Very good wedding. Very fun. Yeah, and I was happy to get the invite. It's still in the post. He said it was in the post. <laughs> oh, what are you joking? He's a good lad. Well, apparently, I did message him. I did apparently message him. it said, um, he said he sent the invitation, but you had to buy a, a stamp to send it back. And I know what you like. <laughs> Rosie paid off. <laughs> yeah, say, what's the stamp these days? 46p. You want to do it, mate? No chance. 46 times 2 is? 46 times 2. That is uh, uh, 94. No, oh, <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, my God. No, it's not. It's astonishing. 92. Well done, mate. No, it's beautiful. it was beautiful, beautiful. You've got to go to Cyprus. Great place. Absolutely fantastic place. He's just showing me on his calculator, 92, like he's loud and proud. It's yeah, no, 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 no. I was right the second time. It was like just a little small mistake. I got, yeah. I got confused. Um, but no, lovely day, lovely evening. Congratulations to Luke and Lucy. So that was fantastic. Fly back straight into my mum's 70th with um, all my brothers, their wives, Nine kids, me and Alana. <laughs> interesting, Buzzing. interesting couple of days. Uh, what, did you watch the coronation? Do you like the coronation, mate? Were you, uh, um, I'm not anti Mononkis, but if they all left tomorrow, I wouldn't really care. So oh, you didn't didn't watch it. Not no. asked. No, you didn't, have, didn't have on the TV. Didn't have your flag. I was sat here at Molyneux where you oh, weren't. No. Here? That's that's that, correct. That's right? correct. That's correct. Because I had my mother's seventieth birthday oh, party. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you did mention. You did mention. Uh, I mean, if it was me, I'd have just bend it off. Really? Yeah. See oh, you well, later. It would what be weird. Still about? I'm not missing that. It would be weird if you had come to my mum's seventieth <laughs> birthday party. To be fair, so. she, did, she did message, but I, <laughs> but I said another time. Oh, don't want to see those messages. Christ. <laughs> um, look, um, no, it's been it's been good, mate. What's been happening? What's new? Um, wolves are safe. I don't know if you've heard. Boom, baby! Wolves are preggers. <laughs> preggers. Up the duff. Up the duff. <laughs> Put in the oven. <laughs> um, rather than Albion flying blanks all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I almost tweeted a little jibe at them. But I, I thought, nearly did. I was close. Uh, but I thought, mm, I'll, I'll, I'll be a professional. So <laughs> yeah. I, I left it out. because <laughs> I was very close to doing it. For no, I'm only kidding. Which is unlike me. No, it's, um, it's, um, it was a fantastic performance. And, you know... It, it, We've known it's been coming for a while, Keanu. I think we've been confident. We know it's been happening. We were always 100%, I think. I don't think we ever wavered, did we? Never wavered once. We, we, we always, a, we always a, said the whole time that, that we still think they're going to stay up. But we yeah. always had our reservations about how, how close how, it would be. How close it was going to be, how quickly they were going to do it. But they've done it maybe quicker than we expected. Well, I was going to say, like, you look at that and you look at when he's come in and some of the criticism that he got after that Brighton result, which... You know, you could get criticism. Of course, you're going to get criticised after that Brighton result. But some of the stuff that was going on, which we which we called out last week, astonishing. Um, but what he's done at this football club is nothing short of sensational. Spot on. It's unbelievable. A- absolutely. Look at where they were. On well, obviously he came in slightly earlier than this, but with the World Cup break, mm. bottom at Christmas. Yeah. Ten points from fifteen games. Had scored. Had scored eight goals. 
in that time. How did we even get through the first half of the season without <laughs> losing our minds? It was incredible. Um, I mean, last, last, last couple of seasons, to be honest. Yeah, true. And, and you bring COVID in now that I mean that was brutal oh, some brutal football brutal. as well we haven't seen we haven't seen much entertaining football for a few years to be honest no, it's been a while but it was um, it was bad and look there was only one way they were going and they, they probably would have gone you say, you say Wolves are safe with three games to go Wolves could potentially have been down with three games to go that's how bad it was looking I think the World Cup break has definitely helped a little bit I think Wolves have, have, have taken advantage of that without a doubt but they've also been very shrewd in January They've got a top-class manager in. They've changed the atmosphere and the structure behind the scenes. I think Matt Hobbs coming in was a big part of that. and He's, he's, he's a much better communicator than his predecessor. So all of these decisions have all aided Wolves staying up. And look, they may, may have rode their luck a little bit. It's not been the most entertaining of football, uh, not by any means. But Wolves have shown a bit of character, a bit of grit, and a bit of bottle. And they've got themselves in a in this position with three games to go which I, I, look I, we always said they were going to stay up and I still believed that but I didn't think it'd be with three games to go I was worried it was going to Everton character grit determination a little bit of quality when you need it the most um, and kind of a, I guess epitomised the game on Saturday you know it wasn't great it wasn't it's a spot. classic uh, Villa had large periods of the game where they were where they were dominant uh, but they stood to they stuck to their task and they got the most important thing which was the goal and the three points and that's kind of what Junior Lopetegui's done when he needed it the most um, look, it, it wasn't pretty, was it? <laughs> against against uh, against Villa, not by any by, not by any means at all. I mean, it was. Did they deserve uh, it on the day? Just about. You could say maybe a, a draw might have been a fair result if we're going to be honest on the on the balance of the game because Villa had, had chances and, and a lot of possession. But Wolves defended so so well. I mean, I picked out two, and I'd say it again: Lamina and Dawson for me. I thought were very very good. Um, I could go through the majority of the team. No one was bad. There was a lot of uh, hard working performances. Nunes. Neto, Cunha, I thought Costa had a good game again. Yeah. Obviously, Totti, he'd get his first goal, really pleased for him. So all of it together was, um, it, was, a, was, a, it was an industri- industrious performance. It mm. wasn't pretty, but it was a performance that was worth keeping Wolves in the Premier League, I felt, because they, they showed a bit of that bottle again. I'll come back to the same word. And, and they needed that over these last few months. And, and that's what saved them, I think. And the emotions at full time, the, the shots of Lopetegui, his coaching staff, the players, the fans. I mean, we've missed those shots really from a long time since. It's kind of kind of new now. I'll tell you what, it, it was nice to get a bit of um, a bit of atmosphere back in here again. Look, Molyneux's not been at its best this season. That's without a doubt. Um I don't want to criticise the fans too much because they look they've had to put up with a lot of rubbish as well. But it was lovely to see Molyneux back at its ferocious best, uh, hostile against uh, against Villa, and it was always going to be in a Westminster derby. It was always going to be you know a, a big atmosphere. Um, but Lopetegui's had to bide his time a little bit to get, get get it out of the fans, and he's had to look. It's some of the performances away from home have been poor, and some well, obviously the, the loss here to Leeds to Bournemouth not great as well. Um, but it, it sort of came full circle a little bit. Um, it came full circle a little bit uh, against uh, against Villa, and and it was a nice moment, particularly particularly at the end when he goes and celebrates with with the South Bank and and all the players there, and he showed a lot more emotion than he has done in, in well pretty much since he's been here. Um, and it was nice to see the the human side come out a little bit as well. You know, you look at the celebrations and you look at the team that they beat in Aston Villa, and look Aston Villa. Um, I've had a, an excellent second half of the season under Emery, and you know they're they're still going for European football. 
I mean, I look at the sides, Liam, and I look at the side that Villa put out, and I look at the side that Wolves put out, and I'm thinking, <laughs> quality-wise, there's not a lot between those two sides, is there really? And you think, if, you know, Villa, I, I know I know Brighton, you know, kind of was an... I, I'm going to put it as a normally that game, the 6-0 defeat, but because, you know, they, they got stuffed by Everton, it shows what cra- how crazy football can be. But you look, the likes of... Brighton, the likes of Aston Villa, the likes of Wolves. For me, they're all competing for the same kind of aim next year and, and goals. What would you say? Well, I even look at Fulham this season. I know mm. they dropped off a little bit, but yeah. they maybe slightly punched above their weight. Look at the squad. I don't think it's any better than Wolves's. Mm. Um, but these things happen. You always have teams. You have Brentford again, another one who for the last year or two have, have done really well. But you know there'll be a lot of teams that will. That will drop off in seasons. I mean, we look at Sheffield United is another good example from recent seasons gone by who did really well first season, up second season go down. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, teams that fluctuate in form. Um, Wolves are obviously on a little bit of a, uh, a down period at the moment, um, but I think we're both optimistic that Wolves should be with the squad they've got, the manager they've got, and you know, you imagine the changes that are going to be coming in the summer that they're going to be in a position where they should be ambitious next season. I don't want to necessarily say anything below getting Europe is a, is a failure. I think that's a little bit harsh. But I think Wolves should be aiming and hoping to be getting top 10. As the, uh, as the tunnel starts practising, this could be interesting for the next, uh, next 20 minutes, half an hour. Hopefully it's just a little bit quiet, a little bit. It's gone. It's gone, it's gone. Let's hope it doesn't come back. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> From a what's the aim? Do you think that that Jeff Shee, that Fosun will have for this team and for Lobotigi? What will Lobotigi's aim? Do you think it will literally be okay? You've kept us up. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. They won't do it. They won't do it for long. Don't worry. Okay. It's all okay, good. Okay. Okay. Um, do you think it will be? You've kept us up now. Let's secure our status. Let's be mid-table. Or do you feel like it will be okay? We should be pushing for Europe here. Well, well, this season it was absolutely just keep us up, obviously, because the position that of he course, that he took course. over when he came in, um, he, he could have finished one goal outside the, the relegation, and it would have been a success from where Wolves were. So this is a major success for for where he, what he's done with the with, with the side up until now. Um, I don't think it will be particularly harsh on him next season. I don't mm. think, as I say, if they don't get European football, it's it's a failure. Yeah, and I don't think they'll necessarily critique him in that way. Um, but they'll want to see improvement, of course they will, because he's going to have an opportunity to stamp his own authority on the team. They made a lot of signings in January when he came in. They backed him initially. So I don't think it would be too harsh, the judgment on him, but they'll want to see some sort of improvement on, on where Wolves finish. Whatever final position that is, 13th, 14th, whatever it might be this season, um, they'll want to see an improvement on that, I think. And, that, and that's probably the bottom line. Um, but Wolves, look, they've stumbled onto this a little bit, haven't they? Because they sacked Bruno. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get Lopetegui originally. Yeah. Steve Davis in the interim took over. Michael Beale turned down the job. And then <sighs> and then Lopetegui <sighs> finally took it. It's incredibly um, fortunate. We could have had a could, lot of good luck there. We could have had revolt. I mean, look, it was toxic at one point. You remember this season. It was toxic. It was toxic in the, you know, Scott Sellers obviously getting it in the neck. Um, you know. Bruno, it, it was just, it was, it was a really. Steve Davis was was doing his best on the touchline, but you know, I mean, they were they were sinking, they were sinking ship really, 
And I kind of turned it that this club was starting to implode. It was starting to implode, really, both you know behind the scenes and on the field. People didn't want to be here. You saw the attitude. You saw the players. They didn't like they could score a goal. When they did score a goal, teams were coming from behind to beat them. When you know it was when they went when they went behind, they weren't going to score. It was it was all the recipes were there for it to be a one hundred percent relegation season. So the fact that he's kept them up and the fact that he said for his achievement to be the best the, the best of his career is is astonishing really yeah. when you think of the glittering career managerial career that he's had so far this year um this um so in his lifetime is um is unbelievable really no absolutely um look the the, the, the decision rather to uh, to sack bruno i think was the right one at the time uh, in hindsight I still think it was the right one at the time they've um, they could have waited a lot longer and other clubs have and other clubs i think have suffered because of that so the decision to go early in early October with that, I think, was the right one. Um, obviously, the the process to getting Lopetegui was painful, um, was a bit messy and took a lot longer than it should have done. Mm-hmm. In the end, they got the man. And the decisions since then, I think, have been very good. The, the business, as I say, I, I describe it as shrewd. I think it was very, very good business in January. The only player they really overpaid for was Cunha because... He was the first choice. Lopetegui wanted him desperately. They overpaid because Everton and Leeds thought they were going to get him as well, and it didn't happen. And, and Wolves got him, so they had to overpay to get him. And they did, and I think he's had a good impact. The other dis- <laughs> the other signings coming in through the door, very very cheap mm. for for what they are. Yeah, leadership, Premier League experience, and a bit of loud character in in the dressing room. They've ticked the boxes uh, across the board with the signs they brought in January. And that decision, alongside bringing Lopetegui in, for me, has saved the season. And then mm-hmm. the story of the season is the home form. Yeah, Seven wins yeah. out of the last nine at home, seven clean sheets, 10 clean sheets overall in the league at home. That is what has saved Wolves this season. I mean, the new, I've, I've got to say, and I've got to give you props, because um, I was looking at this today. You sent your newsletter in to me late, but you sent it in eventually. I did. Um, and your last sentence was, every signing has been key to Wolves staying up, but Lopetegui arriving was the most crucial. I think that's an excellent way of phrasing it. Lopetegui was, of course, I don't give you a lot of praise, but I've got to give you some there. That I mean, Lopetegui was absolutely crucial, but every one that he has signed in January, and this is why I'm quite excited for next year and the summer, and there's going to be a lot of turnover because every person he's brought into this football club have had an important say in one, two, three, four, five games that have been critical to staying up. There's not one signing there who's just, oh, it hasn't really worked out, or you know, they're on the bench, or they haven't really played a part. Everyone has played, a, not every single game, but each one has had a major part to play in Wolves staying up. Yeah, I'll very quickly go through them. Cunha, um, I think with his quality... He's very, him and Diego Costa are very, very loud and boisterous in the dressing room. Got a big, really good relationship. I think that helps. So all of that, positive. Obviously overpaid for him, but positive. Uh, now they're now trolling the music, so we're going we're gonna to have to start boogieing in it. Um, Dawson, Lamina, I'll put them both together just to save a bit of time. But yeah. both excellent on the pitch. Uh, they were both excellent, excellent against Villa, but both... Leadership quality, Lamina in particular, I think is, uh, from what I've heard in the dressing room, is sort of captain material. Mm-hmm. He's been really, really mature in comparison mm-hmm. to what he was at, at Southampton. Both very good signings, and for the the money you paid, Sarabia, it hasn't always clicked for him, but he's brought a maturity and experience to the squad. Yeah, works really hard, committed. Yeah, no complaints there, especially for four and a half million. 
Um, Dan Bentley, similar with the leadership with the other, with, uh, with Dawson and Lamina, very, very loud in the dressing room, a real key part, essentially the, the, the John Ruddy role. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ruddy was a, a, a pivotal part of the, of the dressing room. Massively uh, credit that decision to bring him in. Uh, and then Jao Gomez, look, he, he's still getting settled, he's still learning English, mm-hmm. but for me, he's a real gem. Yeah. Uh, 15 million, I think that could be a snip mm-hmm. in a couple of years. I think he's a really, really good player. So all of it overall, it's got a mixture of now and the future, saving Wolves, leadership, quality, Premier League experience. I think it was an excellent January window. What was he like in his post-match presser? Was there a relief there? Yes, for the first time, really, he's, he, he said basically that we're safe. Mm-hmm. Um he made it clear to say, look, it's not mathematical yet because we're waiting on results for the next couple of days. But he allowed himself to basically admit the Wolves were safe because, of course, they were at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously the results uh, yesterday on Monday c- confirmed that as well. But, um, yeah, he, look, he said it was the most difficult achievement of his career um, when you consider that he won the Europa League, took Sevilla into the Champions League, has managed Spain, Real Madrid. It's a, it's, it's a big statement for him to say that. And... Um, and, and there was a sense of pride there as well. Um, he, what I liked, was, if I have to say, I, I, I really liked when he said, people told me I was crazy for taking this job. I know. Which I loved that as a, as a, as a line because um, that links up really nicely with what we saw on the pitch because <coughs> he was banging his chest, mm. the, grabbing the Wolves badge, giving it to, some to the, to the South Bank. And he's been guilty, actually, of being a little bit too quiet with the fans after games at times because he was so focused on the next step, what's going yeah. on the next game. It's not because he doesn't want to be like that. It's because... He's, he's, even when we ask him questions in the press conference he won't talk about anything that's beyond mm. the game that's coming up it's, mm. it's a little bit frustrated at times um, but you'd rather that than let's say previous managers who are just going off at tangents and giving you you know fantastic stories left right and centre in, in that kind of a I guess the same Il- Nuno was a bit like that as well you know he didn't really give you much especially when he was in the zone when Wolves were playing well it was kind of the same thing every week but people didn't mind as long as they're winning it's when you're not winning that's when they want to hear from you but yeah, previous managers have come in. Obviously, Bruno have come in, and you know, we've, we've stunned in some post-match pre- press conferences. You know, with some of the stuff he was saying, pre and, and post-match. pre and post-match, exactly. But Lopetegui, like you say, he's going to keep his cards close to his chest, and that's what you want, really. And he's he's just been absolutely magnificent, a breath of fresh air, and the backroom staff that he's brought in as well. There's a there's I think there's respect there, mutual respect from the players, from the manager. And I'm genuinely excited to see what he can do with this club. And I think the most important thing, looking at him, I think he's enjoying it. I think there was almost an enjoyment there, almost a twisted enjoyment of him coming to the club and the perilous position they were in and saying, well, I'm back myself, I'm good enough to do this. There's a lot of managers who would not have touched Wolves, absolutely not have touched them. So to come in from, you know, being the Spain manager, Real Madrid winning all the, everything at Sevilla, to come here and to take a club bottom of the league, regardless of whether you're going to be given money or not, you look at that table and you think, I can, I can wait it out. And I'm sure he could have waited out and got probably a, a cushier job, so to speak, in inverted commas, of a top 10 side or a top 12 side and, and waited six to 12 months. But he didn't. He came in here, he got the chance, he knew he was wanted and he's delivered. Wanted is the right word as well because look, there was a relationship there, wasn't there, with, with Fosun because... Obviously, he almost came in before Nuno as well. So, um, yeah, there was uh, the, the wanted was a big part of it. Money was important because look, he, he he's being paid well to be here. Let's not let's not dress it up. Um, but Wolves were in a desperate position and they needed him, and they convinced him to come. Obviously, didn't come and then changed his mind. In the end, it's worked out perfectly. Mm. And as I say, I'll come back to the, my comments saying full circle because I, and I'll relate it to to Lopetegui as well. Because he does keep his cards close to his chest. Mm-hmm. 
But then at the right time to show that that bit of emotion, he did. And everyone in the, in the stadium appreciated it. And he was able to re- release a bit of that. And look, he came back and he was his, nor- he was his normal, uh, you know, steady self. Mm. He, you know, he doesn't... He doesn't Overindulge in a press conference. He won't. He won't go crazy. But he will. Um, he will answer questions. He will be honest. And um, but he allowed himself to to admit the wolves were safe and enjoy it a little bit, which was a nice thing to see because everyone else here enjoyed that result, mm. the performance, and the fact that wolves were going to be safe on forty points. And to see the manager, I think, indulging that a little bit was nice. <clears throat> Do you think um, now? So three games to go. The talk, of course, is how do Wolves approach it? What players? Does he go? Does he? Of course, they've got to try and win every game. Of course, they're going to do. They're professionals. That was, well, that's what they want to do. But does he pick his best team going forward for these final three games? I mean, look, difficult games as well. Manchester United, Everton. You've seen what they did yesterday, and then you're going on the last day of the season to Arsenal. So, what you don't want to do, I think, the most important thing is is maybe just play weaker sides because you're going to get thumped. You don't want to go into the season or at the end of the season into the new season into you know the break. You know, with three defeats, no one wants that. But at the same time. Um, I tweeted something yesterday. I think a lot of talk about Ruben Neves at the moment. Could this this potentially could be his final three games. Probably likely it's his final three games. But there are other people who have been essential to the um, to the success of Wolves over the last five, six, seven years. Um, in in Adama Traore, in Jao Moutinho, in in Raúl Jiménez. These kind of players who probably Johnny to a certain extent. May not have a future. Probably not going to have a future at Wolves going forward. You've got to say at this moment in time, it's probably unlikely. So, are they going to get a, a, the odd cameo? You know, I mean, Jean Moutinho came on in like the 89th minute or 90th minute, I think it was against Aston Villa. But are they just going to come on and get the odd cameo um, and really lock playing his best side, or are we going to see them given the chance to to start a game? Let's say maybe not Manchester United away, maybe Everton at home here, a home game, last home game in front of Molyneux. Could you see two, three, four of those players starting? So I'm a little bit torn on this one because mm. my head and my experience of you know working with Lobotigi so far is I don't think he'll do that. I could see him including some of them in the squad and allowing some sort of send-off. I don't think he necessarily makes four, five, six changes to a starting eleven. Um and if I'm if I'm honest, in my personal opinion, I think that's the right thing to do. I think he's to have a mixture of of the two. You try to win the game. Yeah. You play the team that you think will win the game tactically and and, and all the rest of it. But I think a Jimenez, a Matinho, a Johnny, an Adama, maybe Diego Costa. These kind of players, I think, have some sort of input. Whether that's <clears> on the bench, whether that's coming on for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. I think from a, a like a romantic point of view to see them get some sort of send off because for all of those players it's potentially and Nevers of course as you mentioned for all of those players it's potentially um, going to be their swan song at Wolves mm-hmm. and it would be nice I think for them to have some sort of moment. But Lopetegui has been ruthless at times yeah. and when he's had to be. Yeah. Um, Jimenez has not been in the squad for the last six games. It's true. It's he hasn't played yeah. since March eighteenth at wow. home here to Leeds. Wow. That's pretty much two months. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know whether he will all of a sudden have a massive change of heart. Maybe a, maybe a 15, 30 minute cameo exactly or something like what, that. Exactly. So that would be my guess as to what he may do. Mm. Um, look, he might be completely wrong and you know he might think, right, we're safe. Let's just you know play them all in the last three games. Yeah. I might be completely wrong. but um, And obviously not the next game, but the one after the Everton won the last home game. 
um, could be the opportunity to do that with it being the home game. Um, Jean Moutinho is probably sure. someone who I could see having a start. I agree with Maybe that. against Everton. I feel like he's the one who could come into that side yeah. and not completely, you know, make it, well, carnage the, the, the line of going absolutely Pete Tong. The, the really. flow and the rhythm of the team yeah, the moment, where just, they're playing. So. I don't think it's going to. I think he can, he can slot into that team fairly flawlessly and and Wolves can still be a very a, a big threat against yeah. Everton at home. Of all those players, obviously Neves is going to start. Mm. So if he, if it is his last few games, he'll get that opportunity regardless. Moutinho, I think you're right. I think you could very easily put him in and play him um, in any of the three games. But let's use Everton as example yeah. as the last home game. Um, Semedo is obviously out of contract. They've got the two-year option on him. Um, as I said, the club want to take that option, but financially they're having to consider options, so it's not a guarantee that they'll take it. Um, you can't get everyone in, so, can you, really? Right, exactly, yeah. So he, he he will probably start, because he has been, obviously. So those three, I think you can... And Costa, if it is his last, he's been starting recently. So those four, you could probably say it's not really going to affect the team if they do or don't play. Mm. Uh, well, if they do play, let's say. The other ones are the ones that haven't been in the team. Johnny, Jimenez, the two big ones... Traore to a certain extent. Adama to a certain extent. He hasn't started for a while. He's obviously been in the squad. He's been on the bench, but he hasn't played a lot. Late minutes he's been getting. Very late minutes, late minutes, yeah. So I could see him obviously getting some... But those two are the real big ones, Johnny yeah. and, and, and Jimenez. If they do move on, they've not been they've not been in the squad for no. ages. And all of a sudden, you're going to put them in a starting eleven. It yeah. seems unlikely to me. Mm. Um, I, could, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like it's unlikely <laughs> that, that they play. Whether they get a few minutes, yeah, I could see that. I could see a 10, 15, 20 maybe half an hour, but I couldn't see a, a big role. And do you feel they'll be split? Do you feel some might get the chance? I, I think he'll go I think he'll go as strong as he as he can against Manchester United, by the way. I agree, yeah. I, I agree. think and I think that's the right thing to do. Can you see like we've talking five, six, seven players there. Can you see two or three maybe getting a bit of a look in at Everton and the other two or three against Arsenal? Or is it let's let everyone go against Arsenal, let's let everyone go against Everton, you know and uh, I think a split would be would, would make sense, but I could also see maybe a few more just at Everton mm. um, with it being the last home game and so it's the last real opportunity I think to say goodbye so yeah I could see that as being the as being the game to, to give a couple of these players some minutes um, but then at the same time if you're let's say well I mean look another example Daniel Pudence he's mm. got a year left on his contract hasn't yeah. signed a new deal yet and it, that was, it, I was going to come on to Daniel Pudence so yeah. imagine being him Getting, let's say one of these players is going to have to be dropped out of the squad if mm. Jimenez comes in they've got mm. a lot of wingers on the bench mm. imagine if he gets dropped out of the squad yeah. for the last game of the season yeah. or the last two games or whatever he's not exactly going to be happy about it is he so no. it's a massive balancing act there to try and find the, the right the right answer um, who do you, so, but we both think that Jean-Wichon is probably the most likely as a starter do you think in the I, I would say games? so yeah I would say so um, it'd be fascinating to find out if, what would you do personally would you keep the same go I, all three games just um, go and win them the Everton game, I would give some players a chance, but maybe off the bench. Maybe to start a Moutinho and give most of them off the bench opportunity, mm. but um, we'll have them in the squad at the very least. And even if they don't play, yeah. and have they're, they're you know at least on the bench, and they get to go around the fans at the end. That's what what I would probably do. But the other two, I'm not sure I would. Away from home, at two you know difficult sides. Daniel Pedent, uh, interesting. Uh, there was a, Instagram. I haven't got Instagram. You're you're the, you're the Instagram. You're you're the young kids these days. Yes, I know. Um, put a little bit of a, I guess, a, a bit of a moan out, saying that you know he's disappointed that he's not starting. Look, a few people liked it. Some of the players liked it. You know, he got a response from I think one of his family members. But it's a Mount Tava molehill, isn't it? I mean, you want players starting them, it's frustrating. I mean, I know they want to vent from time to time and whatever. But when you're 
when you're there and you're not starting, I, I don't see too much of it, really. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it was a bit of a cryptic message. I think everyone knew what he was saying, but it mm. wasn't really... I, I don't read a lot into that, to be honest. And also, the kind of person and player he is... Um, he is a bit chippy, if, yeah. if that's the way to oh, put it. Yeah, you know he's, I mean? yeah, you know, absolutely. He, he's got a bit of a... Um, uh, Go on. How do I phrase it? Chip on his shoulder at times. Um, he, 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 is, he, he has, you know, we've seen him explode in games and, and have a few scraps that yeah. side, but, you know, off the pitch as well, he's, he's a little bit of a... Uh, a scrappy oh, I've seen him with a golf club in his hand today. Have you seen that picture? Yes, I did see that picture. I mean, yeah. the golf club's twice the size of him. <laughs> There's no need for that. <laughs> I mean, it's massive. He'll, he'll be good to when he is this. So... I, I, look, I don't really, I, I don't read really a lot into it. You, as you say, you want players to to want to play as well. So I don't really see that that, that big a deal in it. He's not necessarily undermining anyone or having to go at anyone directly. So it's interesting though, Pedence going forward. I mean, that is like you said, it's a fascinating situation. Do you, I don't think Lopetegui fancies him. I'm not I, convinced either. And if he doesn't, then can you see him being? I'm not saying probably one of the surprise players to leave, but maybe. One that that could go quite swiftly because I, I think he will be in demand. I think Pete, I think clubs will want him. I think clubs will take him absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I think with a year left on his deal, um, you look at the size of the squad at the moment, particularly some of the, the forwards they've got. Um, Lopetegui is going to want to make signings, but they need to get some out the door because mm. not only do you need to balance the books financially, they also need to trim the squad sure. a bit because it's too big. So th- that means quite a few going out to allow him to even make some signings in the first place. A player like Pedence feels like he could be surplus to requirements, particularly when you look at the wingers, especially the number that they're going to have there. If he wants, let's say he wants to bring one signing in, mm. let's say him and Adama go, it yeah. sort of evens itself out a little bit. Guedes is not going to come back here and, and have a future. That's so unlikely. So, I'm giving you £7 million. Pounds. Ooh, £7 million. That's a little bit low for me. Mm. Seven million. I mean, I'll, personally, what I would do they get him for? Million. Ten, ten, ish. Uh, I think. Before my times, so I can't remember. Off the top oh of my wow. Head. Okay, sorry. Still there. Small saw. You were dealing in pence. Well, that is that is unbelievable <laughs> for you. They're not going to be happy with it either. <laughs> Shocking. No one listens to this podcast, mate. Only thirteen thousand. Um, no, I think that. Um, I think that around about. I think he was around about ten, I believe, uh, when they got him from Olympiacos. Um, Liam's going to check now. But seven, seven and a half, or you want double figures? You think t- ten would be, or get your money back on him? Yeah, I think to be honest, you've got to be going into the double figures for me, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um, but then I guess you, like you say, from a scoring point of view, and you look at the stats this year from the games that he started. No, it was seventeen million. Was he seventeen million? 17 wow. Million. Okay, my mistake. Okay, so maybe you're wanting, are you wanting that back? I mean, I, I don't 10? think. I don't think. I you think get, ten million. Would you I want think, 10 I think million? you can get ten to twelve. Okay. I don't think you get seventeen back from him. No. The year left, obviously, the length of of deal is going to impact the amount of money you're going to get from him in the first mm-hmm. place. He's, he has scored goals this season, obviously, for Wolves, but he's never been prolific. Yeah. Um, I think other clubs would take him. I think you could get a, you could thrash out a deal and get double figures. Mm. In, 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 in is he guest a few? I'm putting you on the spot yeah, again. He's yeah, guest yeah. a few clients. So I mean. I mean Menace can work wonders, can't he? <laughs> I don't know, you, ask, you, you tell me. <laughs> oh, he has. Look at some of the players we've seen here. Um, I guess people have asked it, so I, but I'm going to ask it now. Um, there's going to be a lot of stories about Ruben Neves going forward. Uh, you know, the, the latest one this week is a swap deal with with Fatty and Money as well involved. It's um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I'm not going to ask you about it about it now. Isn't like completely what's happening, yes or no? But at the same time. I feel like these deals you've got to take with a pinch of salt because there's going to be a different story every single day, isn't there, at this moment in time? Oh, there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, you remember um, a few podcasts back, I said, you know, there, there are certain names uh, that you trust when it comes to Wolves news. Mm. 
I'll leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> no, oh. no, I won't leave it at that. Um, yeah, look, there's, there's nothing in that one. Um, and, uh, and and it remains the same with Ruben. Look, he's likely to move on in the summer. If a Champions League com- club comes in, pays the money that Wolves want, equally, Wolves won't hold him to ransom to get you mm-hmm. know a ridiculous fee out of it then he'll have an opportunity to go. Um, it's if and when that club comes in and makes the makes a kind of offer. He obviously is wants to go and play Champions League football. Yeah. At the same time, he's not a player that is going to force a move away from Wolves. He's not a player that's going to cause problems, but he's made his stance very clear. We knew that this from last season, when he spoke to us at the end of the last season, meant to go in the summer, didn't happen. But look at these commitments to Wolves this season. That won't change if he stays next season, but it's still likely he goes. From all the players we've talked about, whose futures are in the balance... Which one would you like to stay the most? Um, I think I think I would have to say uh, Ruben Neves. I, I I don't think there is any other. Oh, I'm not giving you Neves. I'm not giving you Neves. You just said out of everyone that's. I'm not giving. You, I'm not giving you Neves. I'm going to give you. It's too easy. I'm talking about Adama, Pedence, Moutinho, Costa, Semedo, Raúl. I've got my answer. You got your answer. And I think you might. Agree. Johnny. I think you might agree with me. I'm going to go Adama Traore. Yes. Okay. Out of all of those, I think yeah. I think I would like to see him stay the most. Over Pedence. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, Just because he gives you that X it's factor. It's something different, a bit of X factor, I think. But I, again, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Are all the other surplus to requirements? I mean, I guess I guess for Mr. Mado's case, it's a bit different um, because they're not surplus to requirements. So they'd have to get some right-backs in, wouldn't they, and quickly. Um, but, Absolutely. But I'm, I think I'm going to cry over my coffee. If those players aren't with Wolves anymore this season, you know, and next season. No, I, I don't think I could pick someone out there that I, I, I would think it would be a disaster if they left Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, look, as I said, there was Semedo one. Look, if it was my choice, would I take the two two year option? I probably would. I probably would. Um, as I say, Wolves want to do that. They, I, I've, I've reported this already. Wolves want to to keep hold of him. Um, the problem is financially. Look, he's on a lot of wages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nelson Semedo. Um, they could, for example bring a player in for 10, 15 million on lower wages and it'll be the same price as, as, as just re-signing him. So um, that's what they're having to weigh up at the moment. And obviously they've got the quota foreign players, they've got you know, the size of the squad, all of these things they're having to take into account and they're going to have to make a decision on that. Um, but look, it's another decision they're going to have to make and, and, they, and they've got quite a few of them. I mean, you talked about net spend and the net spend will be a lot smaller than what people think. That, that's, the, that's what we're led to believe. That doesn't mean to say that player turnover won't be high. No, no, absolutely. Net spend and, and player turnover, mm. it, it doesn't go hand in hand. Look, Wolves have to trim the squad a little bit, numbers-wise. They have to balance the books financially as well. But balance the books financially, again, I'll use another example, which I've used on here a million times, but I'll just make just to make it clear to people. Alex Scott, a player that they like from Bristol City. Moutinho could leave on the high wages he's on. Alex Scott could come in on lower wages and they would be able to afford or get close to the transfer fee that Bristol City are asking for. Fans will see Wolves have spent 20, 25 million sure. on a midfielder, yeah. but financially it'd be similar to re-signing Moutinho. Yeah, so, look, Wolves balance the books and net spend it, all these kind of things. Look, they can bring players in. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to go out. They're not going to keep the squad they've got now, re-sign everyone, yeah. and then go and spend 100 million. Yeah. But they will have room to bring players in without having a, an incredible net spend because financially, financial fair play, all of these things that come into account, they won't be able to do it. Right, Keen, I'm going to do a couple of sponsor readouts and then we've got, um, we might have to have a story, a little story time because um, Wolves are safe and some of the peeps have uh, pulled us up 
reminded us. Reminded us that we uh, we did say that we would um, offer a what happened next um, at uh, a certain evening uh, and um, morning. Uh, in, in Definitely morning. Pre- <laughs> in pre-season. So uh, that coming up after these sponsor readouts. First of all, Kellen Toasterman, of course. .co.uk, who will be in attendance, by the way. I'm, I'm expecting, I've never seen Kettle and Toasterman in um, live, but I'm hoping he comes in like a big puppet, puppet as like a, a big kettle, what do you reckon? Like a big blow-up kettle just sits there in the middle. <laughs> this caricature like kettle. The, like the Kool-Aid man, just sat in, <laughs> yeah. the, sat in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. If not, I'd be very disappointed. So, you know, or he might come as dressed as a toaster. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. Um, Liam, don't turn up, basically, if you I'm joking. <laughs> Um, first, I'm going to change it around. I've got a lot of kettles here, Liam. You give me how much money you've got to spend, and I'll give you a kettle. Right. Well, hopefully you're picking the cheapest ones here, maybe. Because oh, I, go. I've not got. You can't half them. <laughs> I bloody can. <laughs> go on. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't give me like three, four quid either. Twenty-five quid. Twenty-five pounds will get you a plethora of kettles, Liam. The one I'm going to sell to you today is the Tower Infinity Ombre, uh, three kilowatts. Beautiful copper changes colour. The copper rises, and as soon as the as soon as the, the boiling water uh, gets higher, the copper gets more coppery. Wow, <laughs> more coppery! Sound it to it me. goes it goes from silver to copper, and all of a sudden the whole kettle's full of copper, and that's only twenty four pounds. Dead twenty four pounds. Twenty four pounds. One pound to spend on the sweet shop. Um, afterwards, what would you go to uh, right, sweet? What was your uh, what would you go to penny sweets back in the day? Oh, was with it the with, with the with the straws, the giant straws. I think they are penny sweet, aren't they? Straws, but they're strawberries, like the strawberry sweets. Oh, well, I could pick a mixed strawberry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're disgusting. They're unbelievable, man. Oh, I could eat a whole no. pack of them right now. I tell you what, I love a good flump. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I love a good flump. You are dodgy. No, you don't dodgy. like a good flump. That is dodgy. Flump. Man. Oh, Flumpy delicious. Now. Marshmallow. <laughs> no oh, chance. my God. Fantastic. Amazing. Um, Average. Footballprizes.co.uk. We're, 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 we're trying to get as quick as we can because I know the music's going to come at some point. So we're going to get on. So um, Ruben Neves signed custom-framed football boot. 249 tickets, of which how many have been sold? Um, 48 have been sold. So how many left, Liam? Wait, how many tickets were there? 149. Stop stalling. And 48 sold. Yeah. 101. Hey, Yay! there you go. That's it. Say it out. Just say it no, out. No, no. I didn't hear it. what you said, honestly. I wasn't listening. He's, he's, do, he's doing your fingers now. You've got all your fingers Excuse on me? like an abacus. Uh, £3.95. Tenth of May and 7.30pm. Make sure you get involved. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's the system's kicking in. Um, right. Mr. Liam Keane. It's Benidorm. <laughs> It's the third night. It's the night that I've given you to have a few drinks, enjoy yourself. We've got a lot of work, but we didn't have to be up too early the next morning. We weren't at training. Um, the night started lovely, Liam. It was like, I was a little bit afraid. We went down the strip. We certainly did. We went into a few bars. We went into some more bars. We had a few drinks. I've quite a few more bars. We went into some interesting shows. <laughs> I've uh, um, ingrained into my soul. I've wiped from memory, mate. <laughs> Long gone. Um, more bars. At what time do we start walking back, Liam? Would you say? Uh, it was. It was a. 
decent-ish walk as yes. well. Yes, um, We probably started walking... I think at, because we walked in the wrong direction for a lot of it. A little bit. And we stopped off and got a bit of water. We did, I uh, looked after you, yeah. Um, it, and we went had a little lovely stroll down the uh, the coast as well. Beautiful. So it, it was probably... Took a couple of pictures. Maybe 20 past five-ish, something like that. Because we got, we got back at about six-ish, didn't six, we? Six, uh, six a.m. Yeah, so it's probably just gone five by the time we started walking back. Okay, so six a.m. So six a.m. we get back to our lovely apartment. And it was a lovely apartment, Beautiful. wasn't it? Fantastic, gorgeous. Now, outside of our apartment, there was a lockbox. And in that lockbox, you obviously put your keys. Now, a lot of the times, we took our keys out with us because we knew we were going to be um, not hammered. Actually, let me quickly add, this was, this, this was the only night that we didn't take. Correct. The, after, after what happened, yes. we made sure we took the key yes, every time. exactly, so we did. So, that clear. But we went out and we thought, right, okay, we don't want to lose it, so let's put it back in the lockbox. Yes, we, we, know, we know what the code is. We can get in, no problem at all. Um, so me and Liam go get up at 6 a.m. We go up the stairs. Uh, we go up the elevator, we sorry. stumble. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And we are streaming, streaming. <laughs> and there's our beautiful white door, gorgeous, brand new apartment, and there was another door as well, so there were two quite close uh, close to uh, ours. And we go to our lockbox and take it from there, Mr. Liam Keane. <laughs> well, to put it simply, mm. neither of us could open it. <laughs> I mean... And I mean, we had the we had the code. Yeah, we, I had it. We had it on, on, our, on, phone. on our phone in front of us. Pictures. We had the message from the from the uh, the landlady. A minute goes by, couldn't get in. Two minutes, couldn't get in. Five minutes, couldn't get in. Twenty minutes later. We are putting this code in, and we are pressing. I mean, our thumbs were white. There were no, right. You've got the little lever that you've got to, once you've got the combination right, and this thing was not budging. It, it, would, it just would not open. I've got no idea. Now, but, let's add to it that the next morning we opened it. Fairly, no problem. No like problem. That. Hey, so, presto. So there was a little bit of... Uh, might have been a little bit of alcohol. A little bit of intoxication that added to this uh, difficulty. But yes, we just could not open it for the life of us. So we got to like nearly seven, and we're like, Mate, we're literally looking at sleeping in this corridor. And I'm like, I cannot do this. I'm 41 years old. I cannot sleep in a corridor in Benidorm with this 17-year-old. Handsome, young man. Young, work-experienced kid who's absolutely off his trolley with one of his dodgy shirts. It's a great shirt, though. So, and you were, I mean, you put put away a lot more than me, to be fair. And you were, because you can drink, to be fair to you, you can drink. But it was showing. And so what can we do? What can we do, Liam? We looked at this door, our door, and we looked at the door next door. And I'm thinking... So bad this is, I'm thinking... Though. I'm thinking... And I'm not going to do it, but I'm like, Liam, do you reckon you can knock on their door? This is, yeah, about 6.45am. And, and try and get round to ours, because I'm thinking, we've got a veranda, maybe you could see if we could get through, or maybe that might have a spare key. And... Because you were absolutely hammered, you were like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'm like, oh, huge, oh my God, oh my God. So you knock on this door, you knock Very again. Very loudly knock on the door. Knock the again, knock again. I've, I've run around the corner, I'm like, I don't want to see who's behind this door because whoever it is, they're going to be pissed off. Liam, the floor is yours. Um, what I can describe as a, I'll go, I will guess, 65-year-old man. <laughs> Burly. <laughs> English as well. <laughs> answers the door. In his boxers. Oh, what a sight. Stood there in his boxers. Tim Spears. <laughs> um, very uh, sleepy-eyed. Frustrated. Frustrated, rubbing his eyes as he answers the door. I uh, stumbled, mumble out of my mouth. 
Mate, we can't we can't open the lockbox. <laughs> There's only chances I could come through and go into our balcony because there was a balcony that was shared, but there yes. was a there was a, a barrier in between. I'll, I'll get to that bit. Yeah. Um, he, he reluctantly accepts, so I he leads me through <laughs> through the living room of this apartment, and I'm not joking. There were five, six bodies. Bodies. <laughs> All men, all <laughs> of differing ages, oh, all lying asleep in this living room, like on the sofa bed, on the floors, just bodies. One bloke looks up at me, and I like, I thought it was in a horror film. Oh it was my terrifying. god! I stumble. Imagine through. what he was thinking. Oh, no. I stumble through. This guy leads me to the back door. <laughs> Excuse <does>. me. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Story's gone south quickly. Leads, Literally leads me to the balcony door, opens it, lets me through. And just leads me to my own devices. Yeah. Um, what could have been, perhaps, um, the biggest news story of the decade. Well, it would have been the biggest news story in Express and Star history. <laughs> it could have very easily been. He, as I say, left me to my own devices to navigate my way back into our own uh, mm. balcony. Which you did. Which I did. Um, Got through. Now, we were four... Wait, don't we, don't we, don't we to avoid that bit until the end? Maybe, yeah. Okay. So I got through the balcony. Yeah, I get. We left our back, our balcony uh, glass uh, French doors uh, open. Open, open it, no problem. Come in, open the front door, let you in. I'm like, what a legend, Kino! Ha- happy days, boom, perfect, top draw. We're, we're in the flat. Yeah, all, that's all we need to do. Yeah. Now the way I got over that balcony is Ooh. questionable. Ooh. Um, we're four floors up. Yeah. Very high up, probably about, and there was there's obviously a couple of restaurants and stuff, uh, gyms, at least two hundred feet up. Yeah, it was high. Yeah. It was very high. Yeah, and the barrier in between the two balconies was a a sloped sort of uh, plastic, bluey plastic thing. So it was very high, very tall, yeah. probably six four, very tall yeah. at the high end and it slopes down as you get to the balcony uh, rail. So I can't climb over it. It's impossible for me to climb over it. Um, the only thing I could do, which I did, is I dragged a chair from the balcony, obviously the balcony of, of the neighbours, up to the edge of the balcony. Oh, I'm screamish already now. Listen um, to it again. I'm doing this absolutely off my head, by the way. I stand on the chair. I put one foot, my right foot, on oh. on the balcony rail, on the rail, oh foot dangling god. over the edge. Oh my god! Two hundred feet up, hammered, 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 and I sort of Tarzan swing oh. slash jump, dive over this over this barrier. One handed, one handed, with my left hand down, right foot up, and just sort of. Vault over it. <laughs> I vault over it, over my shoulder, land on the safety of our balcony, and uh, and let you in the flat. I mean, when when I when we came to our senses the next morning and we looked at what he'd done, I didn't quite understand at the time. It made me. I mean, going out onto that balcony afterwards and looking to see what could have happened would 
it made me physically sick. I, I honestly, I felt queasy. When you I, felt queasy. I looked like, over the balcony the next morning. And I was like, I can't believe. I, I mean, did you that. would. There's no way in a million years anyone surviving that fall without a doubt. I'm, a doubt, I'm dead. 100%. And you're and you're seven a.m. swinging like flipping Tarzan <laughs> with one arm in a two hundred foot balcony. One slip, and that would have been well. I would have had a new Express and Star Wolves report. <laughs> that's for certain. Um, I could just imagine the headlines as well. Hammered journalist, 7am in Benidorm. You're reading that in the paper, you're going, well, it deserves it. And don't you, do you know what I mean? I you can't be drinking. So, Liam Keen is here to tell the story. You'd have been scraping me off the pavements. <laughs> I'd, have been looking, I'd have been looking for a better partner. At least it would have been some common sense anyway. Wow. Um, I, I mean, they would have been scraping you off. So, thankfully, Liam, you managed to do that, but don't do that again. South Korea, here we go. South Korea, bring it on, baby. Let's go. So that is the story, yes. Liam Keane um, sacrificing life and limb for, uh, to get us back in, hammered. Um, yeah, hopefully our bosses aren't listening to this because um, we still have got to get the South Korea trip confirmed. We do. Please pay. Please pay. Please pay. <laughs> Please pay. Uh, right, okay, should we take some questions from the peeps? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Um, some people asking about the cocktails that we had last night. Uh, was it the Ritz last night? Beautiful. Lovely. You look very nice. Oh, we dressed up, mate. We dressed up nicely. Did I send a picture of me? Um, you look at that. Actually. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that couple. Oh, you look very nice. I did. I tell you what, I didn't tweet, which um, I did send you, so I'm not lying. Some of the cocktail prices at the Ritz last night. Cheap. Rusty Nail, £90. Mate. A Prohibition Classic. Yes, it is for £90. Hanky Panky, £100. I've paid £100 for Hanky Panky. Kino, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Negroni. I've done plenty of times. <laughs> £120. And the Cesarac, which is claims to be the oldest known American cocktail, 500 quid for a cocktail. Mate, it's just... It's 500 just, it's just quid. Stupid, You're not going to do that? Not a chance, mate. Last game of the season? Well, I'm not paying. A little cheeky, hot, a cheeky cocktail? 500 <laughs> quid? You're paying, maybe. Delicious, though. I, I, bet, I bet it would be all right, but... No, you can't. you can't. You couldn't enjoy it. I bet you'd sip it and be like, what? You couldn't That's enjoy it. That's ridiculous. I had an extra dirty martini. Gin martini. Gin martini. Delicious. Absolutely fantastic. So, um, very nice night. Right, okay, here we go. Uh, first one says, if Wolf Season was a film, what film would it be? And also he says, Daddy's or HP Sauce. Oh, HP, of course. Yeah, it's got to be no, HP, no, yeah. Daddy's, no. Christ. Um, if Wolf Season was a film, what film would it be? Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I like it, I like it. It's a great film, by the way. I've seen Saving Ryan's Private, it's a better film. Um, wow. <laughs> this is the next one. If you, if you and Keno were cast as the new Batman and Robin, what particular version of the dynamic duo would you choose to play? The Adam West, Burt Ward version? Before your time, you've got no uh, idea. I, I'm aware of who Adam West is, but definitely before my time. Because you, That's because of Family Guy, Adam West? Partly because of that, okay. yes. The George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell version, or the Only Fools and Horses, Del Boy and Rodney version? It's definitely Rodders and Del Boy, isn't it? I feel, like that was, I feel like that was a bit more Spears in me. I feel like we're going to have a new situation. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go... See I'm you gonna, later, then. I'm going to go more... You wish I slipped, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you wish I was gone. He'd be in here now. Yeah, Spears would be sat here, but the, the, the listening figures would have gone through the roof. That's unbelievable. Life <laughs> uh, body. Uh, surprise! surprise. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be George Clooney. No, 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 Only because you want to be George no, Clooney. No, 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 no. I'm going to say Michael Keaton, Batman. You're Batman. I'm going to say Michael Keaton, Batman, and I'm Michelle. You're Danny DeVito. <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to say Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Oh, I'll take that. I'll God. take that. Happy God, days. Son. Oh dear. Although that would mean a bit weird. No, probably a bit. That's right. <laughs> wow. Put you a bit of me. Wow. Um, here we go. 
Next one. Uh, top three and top top three best and top three worst signings this season, says Gareth Hicks. Top three best and top three worst. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, top three best have got a bit. Can I say in no particular order? Yeah, yeah, that's I, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll say. We've got a lot of time. I'll say Dawson. Yeah. Lamina. Yeah. Jao Gomez. Yeah. Best. Worst. Geddes. Geddes. No Geddes. particular order. Geddes. He's number one. <laughs> Easily. Um, I'll say Kalaj, it's not because of, not as a criticism for Tim, but obviously because he's been injured. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, the third one on the worst is really tough. Purely because of how much they paid for him, I'm going Nunes. to just go Nunes. Just Nunes. I, and, I, and I think he's redeemed himself a, a bit in the second half of the season, but we need a bit more from him. What do you think, Lopetegui? You were saying to Diego Carlos at full time. Um, probably not alive. Without making a funny answer to this one, look, they obviously worked with each other at Sevilla, didn't they? So mm. the Villa fans, by the way, weren't very happy with um, with that. Apparently, oh really? Matt, Matt Mayer, our Villa reporter, was telling me after the game that they were kicking off the fact that he was hugging and chatting with people and that happens all the time I know every, every player does it to be honest he got beat so 1-0 uh, please give us an assessment of what will happen this summer next season with some of the players on the fringes of the squad um, Giles Kundal Hodge Hoover Mosquera yes um, I mean the easy answer to this is they've look, decisions to be made I mean the, the, Lopetegui and the club are going to want to have a look at them um, there's a few that are more obvious than others um, obviously Mosquera he could end up playing in America all the way through till uh, January next year it depends how he's getting on over there they, they said the, the loan could be extended and he'll stay um, but I, I, I've been told that Lopetegui likes him a lot so that won't be one to watch um, Kundal, Hoover I think you know, Lopetegui will want to take a look the club will have their own ideas I imagine clubs in the championship will want them on loan again so that will be a decision to be made uh, Giles similar you, you're probably at a stick or twist situation with him do you sell do you do you bring him in um, again manager have a look at him so look it, it, it's similar with a lot of the players they're going to have to have these decisions really but they'll want to have a look at the players uh, in pre-season or before um, Andy says "What? who do you want to be relegated from the Premier League this season surely it's in Wolves' best interest for Forrest to stay up with additional fees from the Gibbs-White sale uh, yeah there's, there's a couple of questions on this we covered it in a podcast I think a few months ago um, so some of the clauses with the appearances are based on Premier League appearances so yeah it will be more lucrative for Wolves if, if Forrest stay up and he plays um, simple as um, I don't think many Wolves fans are going to care and probably want Forrest going down after what this season if they stay up there's, is there a fee as well for them surviving no, there's not no okay. no. Um, so it's, it's really more lucrative because of the appearances I mean obviously it's you know six and one half to the, of the other but um, for me I'd love Everton to go down so I don't have to go back to Goodison again I know um, but it looks like they might do it, you know. It Let's could win. be Forest and Everton, mate, who stay up. The two worst grounds in the country. And, well, Leeds ain't great either, to be honest. And it's, a bit, it's a bit it's better than those two. I mean, the media has been done. Just, redone. yeah. Um, Leicester, I would love them to stay up because Leicester's Fantastic. great. Got parking, food's brilliant. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I don't really give two shits. <laughs> Thomas Duffy, Duffman says, if Liam Keane, star, proposed to his missus, would he then follow the proposal up with a bill for half the engagement rate? I did like this question. It was very good. It's very good. Uh, very, very good. good. And um, true. And absolutely accurate. Uh, well, to be honest, I think she'd be, she should be paying 75% considering she wears it. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. I mean, mate, the thing is, you're, I think you're having a joke, but I, don't, I, seri- I think you could be serious, honestly. Look, let's be honest. She's already struck gold by getting me anywhere, by bagging this full package. The full package. Uh, we've got a big squad. We can be sentimental and... We can't be sentimental and carry both of Costa and Moutinho. So if we're keeping one, which is it? Or neither, says Friesen Wolf. Yeah. Um, 
I remember we did this recently as well, and I said, I said just Matinho. Costa's winning me round with his performances. He, and look, I said I said this from the beginning. Play, when Castor I, play of the month. He did, he did. I said this from the beginning that his performances have been brilliant recently, and full credit to him the way the work he's done to get himself in this position. But I still don't think that it's it's enough considering the position Wolves are in to warrant mm. a deal. Um, he might change. I might change my mind the next three games, but I still don't think I'm there. So I'd, I'd say just Matinho, but to be honest, probably neither. Lopetegui will get huge credit, says, and deserves, says Fiery Archer. But was the Wolves fans turning on Scott Sellers from the stands the actual turning point which ultimately saved our season? Um, it was definitely, it was definitely, I would say, a a big point, a season. huge point of like, you know, you. The, the, there was anger there, visible anger and audible anger for the first time. I think it had been threatening for a while, and um, I'm not sure. Was it a watershed moment? Would you say? Yeah, I think, and, and I, maybe them seeing and seeing they need to act. I think in Scott some ways. left the club not too too long after that. Yeah, didn't he? he did. He did. Um, I'm not saying that Scott was the issue. You know what I mean? He wasn't the reason this all went wrong. I mean, part of it he got to be. Bl- oh, absolutely. Got part, to say, yeah, yeah, blame absolutely. But it wasn't 100 percent his fault. No, look, I there was, was there was a lot of people who made some mistakes this season. But at the same time, something had to happen there, and it did, and there had to be some give. And look, ultimately, it landed, it worked out okay for Wolves. No, yeah, absolutely. We said from the beginning at the time as well that, that he didn't make all the final decisions on things. Of course, for the position Wolves really, he has to carry some blame. You'd be silly not to say that. Um, but he wasn't the, the, you know, the man making all the decisions. And, and Wolves, as a whole, uh, had messed up that early part of the season. Absolutely. Um, but where Wolves are now. You know the, the relationship between Matt Hobbs and Lopetegui is very good. The timing of him being appointed when Lopetegui was coming in as well was was good. The uh, good timing, and he's a better communicator. I mentioned on this podcast already. I think that behind the scenes, the atmosphere is a lot better, uh, and that's going to go a long way. Okay, last couple. Uh, we've got a mailbag as well coming out later in the week. So if you haven't had your question answered here, then make sure you catch next week's. And if you haven't, then still still listen to it as well. Because, next week's um, next podcast. Next be podcast will be this week. So Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. Um, here we go. Who do you want to win the championship playoffs? Says JW. Uh, to be honest, I, of the four teams, Come on, I've, I've not I've not been to three of them in terms of stadiums. I would like to take off a new stadium. Come on. Coventry's the only one I have been to. Come on. Um, I don't really care, but for your sake, I'll say both. Yes! It, it, would, be, it would be good banter as well. Oh, it'd be great banter, mate. Absolutely. And look, I'll look after you as well. Got some places. I've got some places to go, baby. You better. Wow. Um, Andy Matthews, last one. Any news on potential stadium redevelopment? It's, it's not something that's sort of top of the priority at the moment. So, uh, no, but... Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have some news at some point. Look, it's just not. It's, they, they're putting the first, especially the position Wolves in this season. The money they've spent, it's not high on the, on the list of priorities. Manchester United at Old Trafford, uh, one on Saturday. Looking forward to it, Kino. Um, what what? Um, obviously they're safe, they're fine. You expect, and I think we both expect maybe Lopetegui to go with the same strong side. He picks his best side that he thinks can win the game. I think it'll be a good test of them. He'll he'll challenge those players, won't he? Say right, let's go there. Obviously they're trying to cling on to Champions League football by hook or by crook, but they've got a bit of pressure. They've just lost to West Ham United. And he'll say, let's see. Let's see what you're made of here. This is a great test for you to go. The pressure's off and to go and really upset them. And you've got the quality to go and do it. And I think it's a great little gauntlet to set them. No, definitely. They weren't particularly great against West Ham either. Um, and they can be got at, absolutely. The problem I see here, Wolves have won two games away all season. Under Lopetegui, their home form, as you've mentioned already, has been superb. But their away form is still not very good. And... If we're being honest, Lopetegui's 
overthought and struggled, I think, to set up away from home a little bit. Um, I'm second-guessing really what he's going to do away from home in this next game. Does he stick with the 4-4-2? Does he make a change? And that does concern me a little bit, whether there'll be some sort of, you know, we, we saw at Brighton uh, the four central midfielders playing again in uh, Lamina, Neves, Nunes and Chao Gomez. Does he do something like that again? Does he bring a Matinho in a, in a 4-2-3-1 player, him in, in, in number 10? There's decisions that haven't worked, but he's sort of gone back to away from home to try and keep it tight. And I, and I, don't, I haven't enjoyed it. It hasn't worked. And I worry that he may go back to that again. I think the only one in memory is he did 4-4-2 at Leicester and that worked first half and then they fell apart second half. So, See, I think I might go wider. I feel like in a Neto, a Cunha and maybe a Traore. Maybe we yeah. see maybe we see a, a Sarabia come in from somewhere yeah. or a Pedent and maybe go a little bit more width. I'm not sure whether he'll play Costa at Old Trafford. That's I feel what like I thought that's, as well. Yeah. I feel like that's one where he might be on the bench for. And I think I can understand that and maybe play him at home against Everton. But I think he'll need to be good on the counter-attack I think he'll need pace and I think that that will be you know United will have the majority of the possession you expect and I feel like they've got players and they can he can pick a formation and set up where they can hurt them on the counter-attack playing on the counter is going to be the key I think mm-hmm. and that's why I'm, I'm wondering whether an Adama will come in as you've just said there um, so I could see that absolutely or, or you know it could be a Pedent a Neto Sarabia's not and then they could change it with Huang and the Adama exactly, as well yeah. and you know, Sarabia's not fresh. quite the dynamic player that they are he's a different kind of forward but again I could see him starting as well so there's decisions to be made there absolutely and um, and I think as we've discussed already I think he'll go there set up to try and win the game I don't think it'll be a case of being sentimental t- towards certain players I think, that, I think that may come mm-hmm. at Everton but I think United away would be a, an opportunity to go there and get a result like they did last season well I'm going to predict then you're going to predict and then we'll go with you and you can predict also of course how much money we're giving away from the Wolves merch I'm going to go interesting, Kino. Manchester United, nil. Wolverhampton Wanderers, one. You love it, don't you? Cheeky one nil away win. Same as last season. Cheeky one nil away. Look, they've, won, they've gone there one nil win a few times. I'm, I'm not going to say Moutinho, but <laughs> one nil away win. Look, Wolves are safe. Everything's positive. I'm going to be a little bit more realistic. Okay, well, let's let's do the money first. Let's talk coin, baby. Talk coin. Mm. £51.25. Kino, okay. £51.25. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. £51.25 in the Wolves shop if the game finishes... 2-0 Man United. Oh! <laughs> I don't want to have to do it, but I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more realistic. Yeah. I think Wolves are safe. I don't think they're going to... I don't think Lopetegui is going to allow them to take their foot off the gas. I just think United are going to be too strong. They're going to bounce back, and I think it's going to be be a, a fairly comfortable win for them. Okay, fair enough. I hope I hope I'm wrong, but if I am correct, then whoever wins the competition, you are welcome. Oh, well, there you go. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. We have got, um, like I said, we've got a mailbag coming in later this week, and then of course uh, next week it's two eight eight and two sorry two nine eight and two nine nine before our three hundredth, which will be two weeks on Thursday. I cannot. Wait, um, apologies for the hoarse voice and us rushing through a little bit, but the music's about to start blaring at Molyneux. Uh, good luck the Wolves win tonight. I hope they get a win. Uh, you'll be hearing this. Hopefully they will have, they will have been crowned champions of it. Little Cup champions. Well, it, it keep, it's, you know, they were champions last season as well. It's, they're, they're fighting Retaining. to retain their crown. So, uh, and obviously after the disappointment of, of not winning the league yeah. to get another Birmingham County Cup 
win under the table uh, under their belts would, would, would be great lovely we better get out of this because we've, we've taken over the guest a few box so uh, might have to move George might be coming George, in George going to be as in George last. come on lad <laughs> to be fair the, 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 the drinks fridge is open so Liam you've done worse uh, I don't still I'm a good lad there's also a balcony there you can swing across if you want to and see what's in next door <laughs> can you imagine oh, falling from the top of the uh, top of the <laughs> be, top of the stand at Mole it'd be half the distance I tell you the Woody Woody yeah. Benedict right we better go from me from Kino have a great weekend and remember mailbag this later this week take care bye bye we are the wanderers in all gold and black you better retreat cause we're on the attack the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack we're Wolverhampton we're on